I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome along to the Rocky Road Boxing Podcast with me, your host, Kevin Byrne. We're joined today by a man in need of a new boxing nickname, and luckily for him, I've thought of one. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show, The Exorcist, Michael Conlon. <laughs> very what good. What do you very reckon? Good, uh, getting rid of them demons, very good. <laughs> well, Michael, fresh off, uh, fresh off a win in Belfast against Miguel Mar- Mariaga, and afterwards you said that you exercised some demons. Hence your new boxing nickname, which I expect to see you walking into the ring within your next contest. <laughs> but... Uh, Come here, how are you feeling after the fight? Yeah, I'm delighted. Um, delighted. Um, it was a it was a fight where I had to be careful and, and smart. And and you know, people could say, uh, it was boring and stuff. And I'm happy to say that because all I wanted to do was go in there and, and put a, a boxing performance on. Um, you've seen how Miguel Mariaga operates in the past. I shut everything down. I didn't give many opportunities. And I got a convincing points win and scored some knockdowns uh, during it. So I was happy enough. Yeah. Um, you did. You got three knockdowns. And it was it was a slippy ring. So one or two of them could have been ruled a knockdown. Was it a slippy ring? Two, 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 two of them, I think, were slips. I'll be honest about yeah. the hands up. I'm going to take the knockdowns because there was, <laughs> was a knockdown given against me and not you know, which wasn't a knockdown. But I think, to be honest, I think the, the ring was, wasn't slippy when I got into the ring. I think this is my my kind of thought on the whole thing, how the ring was so slippy. I think Miguel Moraga was covered in oil and when water was poured in him, it was just spilling across the ring because it was not sticking to his skin or laying on his skin. It was everywhere because when I moved around the ring at the start, I fucking checked the ring because like what happened in Nottingham, I, I didn't want that to happen again. But that ring ended up becoming the slippiest ring I've ever been in. What's it like trying to fight? Body. What's it like trying to fight on a slippy ring? I felt sorry for Mariaga as he was slipping down, but then I guess the, if Don's on me, to, if it's slippy for him, it's slippy for you as well. Yeah, listen, I, I was shit myself because of what happened, um, and that's like when I when I said after, but like, you know, I've, I I went through some shit there and actually say some demons there. That was one of them. Um, you know, it was times in that fight where I had to make sure I kept making sure that I was in between the logos and in the on, on, on the blue part of the canvas. Um, if you watch it back, look at my positioning after like five rounds. I keep making sure I get back to like the the bit of bit of ring where it was fucking solid. So um, it was weird. It was weird, very very weird. It was it was I, I, I was nervous um, because of it, uh, but it also helped me in a sense. Is it difficult to focus on one extra bit because obviously when you're fighting a contest like that, you got to focus all of your energy on your opponent and to throw in one extra component would be too much for a lot of people. They, mm. you know, just, just one extra bit. You've got a loud, loud crowd. You got to listen to your corner. You got to focus on this guy who's a bit of a puncher. And now suddenly you got to factor in, Oh, I can only move around in certain parts of the ring. Do you like, can you train for that? Like, what, what, how do you prepare for that? Is it just at training? Do you do mental exercises to 
put up with any eventuality that comes up in a fight? Nah, nah, to be honest, I don't. Um, I think that's just something, as a fighter, you got to go through. You got to expect the unexpected in a boxing ring. Um, experience. Yeah, experience for me, nah, is something I can go, yes, yeah, in the experience where I can handle it. Because I've experienced, you know, the ring when it's wet. And, you know, the last time was probably fall my own corner. This time, the fall of Moriaga, in my opinion. Because also why I say about the oil is because when I tried to grab on him, he was like a bloody snake. I swear to God, it was like, he just, he could not, I could not hold him. He was so wary at the same time. But also, it's just, for some reason, I remember in the first round, he done something, I got in close and tried to grab on and I could not hold him. It was, and it didn't feel like overly slippery or nothing. It just felt like this guy's weird to hold. You can't like grab him. What's going on? So I do think it could be down to the oil on him. See, I think he spent obviously a few days in Belfast beforehand and he learned cover your body in Dax Wax. That's a winning formula. Cover your body in Dax Wax. He'll never catch you. Uh, so the wax he puts in his hair, he puts on his body. Fair enough. Exactly. Uh-huh. You, you win every fight if you cover yourself in Dax Wax, but unfortunately he didn't figure, figure out it'll make him slip on the ring. Um, yeah. yeah, so did you enjoy the did you enjoy the fight? I did mean it was very focused. Um I didn't play in the any crowd. I didn't uh even on my ring walk and stuff. And you know, when I watch it back, it looks like one of probably one of the best ring walks I've done. First time I've used dance music. Um and and that stuff because they were an Irish kind of group, that's why I used the Irish uh, DJs. Um but yeah, I was just focused. I was I was laser focused, and and not you know I was laser focused, but at the same time, I fed into the atmosphere and I played to the crowd. Um, when I shouldn't have at times, I should have just been, you know, my, myself and uh, and you know focused on the job and and not worry about entertainment. Um, but not only them kind of got the better made that, in that sense. Where this time I was just I was laser focused. There was no problem. Um. Moriaga through like he clipped me at the, in the first round with a jab, and I went, that's when I realized this cunt can still punch like fuck. I got to be careful here. So, just everything he does, shut it down. Don't let him. Don't let him step to you. Don't step because he needed me to step to him. As you see, he falls over his front foot. He can't really step forward, and that was the plan. Just make try to make him step forward and counter him, and you know I did. So I was happy enough. Yeah, like who did you who did you model your performance on? You kind of reminded me of a few fighters of the past. Like you didn't, you boxed a bit differently to the way I've seen you box. I suppose you kind of stood your ground, you moved when you had to, but you were patient, picked your opportunities, and you were banging pretty hard when you did come into your into your uh, danger zone. Yeah, well, I'm honest, I feel like I'm punching harder. Um, I feel I'm probably more of a safe ball now than orthodox fighter. Uh, so like, you know, I, I watched a little bit of. You know Leonard uh, Hagler, and how that you know he being a boxer dealt with you know the aggression, and you know I kind of was using a bit of that stuff. But at the same time, he he didn't. I was expecting him to come more like a you know a Hagler kind of like keep pressing, 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 which he didn't do. He he couldn't do because every time he tried to step, he was getting pinged. Um, so it kind of the, what I what I wanted to do was, was work on that, and you know, obviously not giving too much room, not being on the ropes as much as what I have been in the past. I, I worked on an awful lot of things in that camp. Tell us about the last round. You said um, obviously you got uh, memories from the Leewood fight, and mm. uh, in the last round, Mariaga finally, I suppose, really upped it, went for broke, and did catch it. Tell us about what yeah. happened. Yeah, he caught me, buzzed me. Um, 
And the first thing I thought was, oh, fuck, here we go. Let's, it's, this shit's not going to happen again. Let's let's get to safety. And, you know, instead of trying to battle back like, like I'd done, um, I negated to kind of get in close, tie him up, hold him, break, get a bit of distance, use my legs again, which I'd never done in Nottingham. I used my legs and, and used my movement um, and got back to kind of, you know, back to basics. And then by the end of that round, you see me pushing him back um, and hurting him. And every time I, I, I knew every time I hit him to the body, he really didn't like it. Um, so the fact that every time I was touching to the body, it was, it was, it was perfect. And you know, I, even, even when I started to trade in that last round, I stayed lower than him. So I was in the safety zone and I was able to get my shots off. And, you know, I, I came back strong in the last round. You could argue I still won the last round. So, you know, for the start of it, it was good because, it put me in a position where I was like, fuck, what's going to happen now? Mm-hmm. When you get buzzed, it's, it's, it happens. So I was like, fuck, here we go. But my instincts and the experience of the last one had, had paid off. Yeah, so I guess from uh, from the bad comes at least a bit of a positive as well. Um, it's a couple of months, obviously, since we spoke to you on the podcast, coming up to that Lee Wood fight. Lots happened since, like you fought for the, you fought for the title fight of the year candidate uh, being knocked down the 12th round I'm sure it was very traumatic we'll get to it in a second um, come back in your hometown in front of a huge crowd uh, Fury's fought at Wembley 90,000 people Katie Taylor's beating Amanda Serrano Madison Square Garden Ireland have won something like 350 medals at international level in the few weeks or months since um, a lot a lot's gone on MTK folded up their tent and, and left the boxing scene Um yeah, it's it's been a busy few months for boxing, Michael. It's been a busy year for boxing. It's been mm. fucking crazy. Um, the good, the bad, the ugly, all has all has been involved, and it's boxing as we know it, really, isn't it? It's, it's normal in boxing terms, but yeah, it's been a, it's been a mad few months. Um, for me personally, it was it's been tough. Um, dealing with my first loss professional, dealing with the first time ever being knocked out. Um and getting over, getting over that was was tough and and you know, like I even questioned myself when I was coming back, and yeah, I think you have to. I think every fighter will, um, become a and and then when Jim had said about Mariaga, I said yes right away. But then I started to question myself, going, "Fuck, is this the right? Is this the right move? Am I doing the right thing?" And you know, obviously, my instincts was right. In the, you mean, the you mean fighting entirely? Um, no, fighting fighting a, a puncher like yeah. Moriaga. I was like, is this the right kind of fight for me to have? Like, is, um, is it too soon? Um, and Jamie, Jamie reassured me, but seeing him at the start, my first was just let's do it August, and then I was I started to question and doubt myself a little bit, but then you no know, through training through the camp. With the spawn and stuff, even from the first bar back, I knew that I was okay. I knew that everything was was normal, and I hadn't changed overnight. I hadn't became a lesser fighter overnight. And I think all these doubts and these questions will come into your head, you know, when when you experience kind of what I experienced. Um, but then how I kind of even thought about it and justified it to myself was like it was one punch. It wasn't like I got my head pinged off me for twelve rounds. Yeah, and. Uh, that kind of gave me more confidence in what I was doing and and how I was mentally, physically, everything as a as a as a fighter. 
Yeah, and I guess every boxer has to, you know, it's the most truthful sport. Every weakness is exposed. Every strength is magnified in the ring. Uh, most boxers have to be hugely honest with themselves, but also a little bit delusional too. Like, so mm. like your post-fight interview after Mariaga was extremely honest, I thought. Um, just the way you came out and said, I was very vulnerable tonight. I, I was I was worried how it was going to go. And when he caught me in the 12th, I was, I was worried about, you know, what was going to happen. Um, I suppose Lee Wood would say, listen, you're deluded because I knocked you out. But you're saying now it was exhaustion. Like, so mm. there's so many, there's so many things that have sprung from that fight. I wanted to ask you though, um, obviously you're a father too. Yeah. And uh, your kids are used to you winning. Dad goes off and he wins his fights. Um, what was it like after Nottingham? Did you, did he watch it? Did he watch it live? Um, no, I don't think they did watch it live. Um, but they have heard about it. And I think, I don't know if my daughter has seen, seen it, but um, they always talk about like, oh, I'll kick wood, I'll, I'll punch wood in the head and all this here. And it's like, uh, <laughs> just, just stop mentioning the guy. I don't want to hear his, boy, his name. Um, but yeah, they understood what happened and they understood that I lost. And obviously, you know, taken back by it, obviously, they were, they were, they were devastating. Are you okay, Daddy? But at the same time, it doesn't really matter because boxing does not matter to them they don't care about it this is like this is my job you know it doesn't it doesn't affect them um probably more so me and probably how i was actually feeling i couldn't even fucking play because i was i was fucked for about two weeks you know what I, mean? I was i was done i was busted uh after the fight and it was just like yeah i was when you say that is it just because of exhaustion and dehydration or was there a concussion or how did you feel what did you oh, yeah. listen when, once you get knocked out no matter what happened, mm-hmm. no matter how you get knocked out you get concussed so obviously concussion was was a part of it and you know your memory your your short term memory is fucking shit for the, for in in the immediate aftermath for a while um for about two weeks in my in, in my case really uh like i was fuck we were in portugal and i was driving to driving into the town and driving back and I had to use a sat nav for fucking the whole like the first two weeks because like, I couldn't remember the way and even though I'd just done it it wasn't far it was a 10 minute drive um, but then I started to come back and it was all good but oh, it's, it's, I suppose that's what happens when you get fucking knocked out I never never experienced it until then and and then I did but and when I when I say about like the fight and, and like at the end exhaustion is what knocked me out 100% that is listen Lee we had to land the punch and he did and if you look at the punch when he landed it, it's an arm punch it's not like a heavy punch he probably landed heavier shots throughout the fight which didn't affect me at all um, and there was not once in that fight where I went fuck me he can punch whereas Moriaga landed a fucking jab and it was like fuck me he can punch you know what I mean? I'm not saying he can't punch. He obviously punches hard, 100%. He doesn't have his knockouts and how he's done his stuff. If he didn't punch, he punches hard. But I've been a bigger puncher, as I said before. Um, and there was different factors in, in why I was exhausted. But I don't need to go into them. And I go into them after I beat him. Because I, I know I'll beat him. If we face again, I know I'll beat him. And I heard him saying, like, if the shoe was on the other foot, would he give me a rematch? If the shoe was on the other foot and I won, there'd be no need for rematch because I just beat you over twelve rounds and it was and it was clear, which it was. Uh, another thing which won't be spoken about because of how it ended is the scorecards. 
fucking scorecards were horrendous, man. Like, I think the majority of people who watched that had me fucking miles ahead. Um, but the scorecards had it. One had it by two rounds and the other three had it by one. It was fucking... I knew it was close because it was not in him, but like, I didn't think it was getting Jack Catterall in fucking in two weeks after that happened. You know what I mean? Yeah. So nobody wants to go full Jack Catterall. No, nah, 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 no way. <laughs> no Don't way. ever go full Jack Catterall. That's, uh, that's yeah. I think he won that fight to me, eight four. Like, I mean, you know, at least maybe nine three. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you're back training a couple of weeks later. Like that's, I suppose, why the perception is you came back quick. And I got to say hats off as well, because, you know, a lot of fighters would have won that fight in March. You fought quicker than Lee Wood has fought, you know, and you, yeah. you're the one who got knocked out. And there's a lot of fighters who fought in March or earlier who were considered themselves active, but they haven't got back on the horse yet. So I guess it's important from that, from that perspective that you've done it and you've got 10 more rounds under your belt. Um, Definitely. Definitely. And the thing is, though, I'm no spring chicken. You know, I, I don't. For sure. I know. I, I know. I don't have fucking long, much longer left in this sport. No, a, a few years. Um. So what? Why am I gonna wait about for? I want to get in and get it done and uh, and earn as much as I possibly can, like I've said, and become world champion. So, you know, what would be the point of me sitting out till December, or like in other people's cases, to the following year? Fuck that, man. I'm all right. I'm I'm good. I'm healthy. I'm fit. I'm strong. I'm still, I'm still, I'm still the same. Actually, I'm probably considered a better fighter after the fight, you know, than I was before. So let's capitalize on that and let's make, let's make railways into where we want to get to now. So, because I think one thing a loss has done for me is just give me that fuck you attitude off fight anybody. Mm. And it's important. And I think like I get the sense from your coach, Adam Booth, as well, that your gym embraces this kind of 80s mindset. Like, you know, um, yeah. Go in, fight anyone, you know, fight the best. Go back to the go back to the great years of boxing. I get that sense. It's a stylistic thing. It's a it's a desire, you know. And um, you seem to you seem to have it. Yeah, but if you want to be the best, you gotta be the best. So um and you're saying you're no spring you're saying you're no spring chicken. Ten years uh, this month since London twenty twelve when you yeah. pulled pulled off a bronze medal with Paddy Barnes. Katie Taylor got the gold, John John Evan a silver. Ten years, there you go, no spring chicken. Fuck me. Me ten years, ten years the day basically I was going to beat the two <laughs> right after the Olympics. You know what I mean? I went to beat I'm going to beat this week. <laughs> Very good. Yeah. So um yeah, it's a fucking long time on and eight years since the Gamov games. Um fucking four years since sorry, six years since Rio. Yes. Oh, that blank man. No, it all it's happens. Like, it happens fast, doesn't it? Um, mm. I was going to say. So, have you? Have you? You've obviously fought now in August, and you're probably going to fight again before the year is out. I would imagine because you came out of that pretty. Did you come out of that pretty much undamaged and unscared to go? Yeah. So I, this black guy, last round, hey, but oh, I have a cut on top of my head, which was uh, like it shows how tough this morning combos. Top of my head hit his face, and top of my head split open. You know what I mean? That guy's got tough skin. Dax mm. uh, wax. So, yeah, Dax wax. So, yeah, I think I come out on skates. Obviously, just a little black guy and a little cut on top of the head. Um, I think I'll be back out December 10th. Any uh, plans for where? Um, can you fly Can you fly to the States if you try to? I think I can, yeah. I have a, a visa and stuff. Um 
I know people with visas and stuff have been told their visa has been uh, cancelled. Mine hasn't. So um, I have no problem fitness this, but I think that, you know, thankfully with Colin Boxing and our link with Top Rank, we've been given a number of shows by ESPN and we can do our own big, big shows here in Belfast. Um, and we plan to do one in Galway very soon. So, yeah, uh, it could be back here in Belfast or if we're talking Lee Wood, it could be in the MEN. So I was told December 10th is the date you're fighting and how the next few weeks play depends on who it is and where it is or it could be in New York as uh, as the early December New York shows go. You know, I've been a, I've been a stable on them for a few years although with COVID it's kind of slowed things but you know we could be back there all right interesting stuff okay um you mentioned that it could be a show in october have you any details on it it's kira malloy who's obviously joined uh, conlon boxing boxed yeah. on your undercard picked up another win and uh, just from talking beforehand and watching him on the night looks quite impressive kira malloy doesn't he he's oh i he's think he's goods. made for the pro game he's made for the pro game and and i told i told him i told her i told them all he's listen it's your home debut. It's the chance of the fucking shame. You're going to be on TV. You're going to be on ESPN around the world. Go out and do your do your thing and and impress. And like, Cairn went in there with someone who fought Cyrus Patterson and went and had hell with Cyrus Patterson, who's a good GP fighter, um, highly rankings with the zone on top and uh, mushroom, and he wiped them out. He looked amazing. Um, really, really heavy handed. Uh, I know when he came down to our gym and stuff and Adam had him on the pads, Adam thought that he had that Andy Lee type power. So, you know, he's he's got he's got these degrees, I think. And you know, I think if we go in October, we're looking to go in Galway and bring him to have a home, an actual home debut, you know what I mean, in his home city in front of his people who, you know, they travel in their numbers anyway. So if we can get back to the Amazon starter start starter assault on, on on the south, you know, it's 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 a great uh sorry, the west. Uh it's it's a great uh, start for you know the boys. Mm. Uh Walker. Now fucking eighteen and five opponent in your third fight, like I think that's that's a, that's a that's a big shoot. That's a statement, like you know, they have they have an opponent like that and be willing to. And you know how Jamie has, has matched him and, and moved him has, has been very good. Um, not even a question asked. Just like, yep, no problem, done. You know, he's he's fearless, and uh, it's great to see. He's improving. He's he's spared me an awful lot, um, which is which is great for him because it's bringing him on leaps and bounds. Me being a southpaw and him fighting the southpaw the other night, you seen her easy easy he was able to handle him, and you know, even I'm seeing him in sparring. How how much improvements I'm seeing, and how more much more competitive he is he's becoming, and you know improving the improvements he's doing when he spars, you know other guys who come in come in the spar, and he's clean cleaning them up. It's it's really nice to see. So I'm happy with both the progression so far. It's like uh, it's like what did you watch a uh, Succession, Mike? No, no, you've asked me about this before, though. Have I? It's uh, it's like watching Succession with Kurt coming along beside you, like because he you know inherited your position in the Irish Olympic team, 
And now he's coming up behind you in the professional game as well. He even used the Kanye West song, Homecoming, on his uh, home debut. Yeah, he, says, he says, uh, I didn't pick that song. He says, sorry, you can use it. He says, I picked the other one. I'm coming home. I'm coming home. The P. Diddy one now. So he says, the bastards played the wrong one for me. I was like, fuck, it was a good one. So. Yeah, no, he, he is looking good though. And, and like, um, it's an unusual situation where he's uh, sparring and training alongside his manager, but I suppose it's, mm-hmm. it seems to be working well for you and for him. And um, I guess he, he'll be on your next few shows. Has he got a chance of going elsewhere as well? Like um, being more active, I guess, you know, picking up, you know, five or six fights a year, I suppose, to true. Yeah, well, that's what, that's what we're trying to do. You know, Kurt, Kurt that's had, has had three now. What I had four, only he had cuts um, after the Fury card. Um, he was meant to be on the New York card, which Cameron was going to be on too. Um, but a cut he sustained, he got two cuts in that fight. Um, and this is what it is. He didn't perform well in that fight, but it was a journeyman and he does not perform well against journeyman. You need to be wanting to win and be a competitive fighter for Kurt to, to, to look good against. And that's why he looked good the other night. Um, so he would have had four fights by now, but you know, he'll, he'll pick it up even more. I nature, think. nature of a counterpuncher, isn't it? Against yeah. the journeyman, it just doesn't work. You're all right, throw a punch at me and then I'll throw a punch at you, but it, you need someone it, to... Nah, it doesn't work, but I think if you watch his performance here tonight, and we all know, you know Kurt from the amateurs, I know Kurt from the amateurs, and how springy and on his toes he was. Mm-hmm. Look how settled he's starting to become. And I think that was the big challenge with him, is, is getting him from being, you know, a high-class amateur fighter who uses the feet, uses the toes and moves like crazy um, with a head in the air and stuff to get them more settled down, being more low, um, picking the shots more. And I think you could see the improvements and, and him working on that mentally and everything in that fight. Yeah, the night was fantastic to see. Speaking of Walker, it brings me back to the subject that we came in on, uh, nicknames. So we've given you one now, The, the Exorcist. Now you can, you yeah. can pick whatever you pick whatever you want. Um, you're going to need to get one for Kieran Malloy. I think I've got one for Kurt Walker because I was thinking of my favourite boxing nicknames just before introducing you there. And you can't have like Irish Andy Lee, Irish John Duddy. You can't, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, can't, it can't be done anymore. But no, just right. The Derry Destroyer worked well for uh, for John Duddy, but yeah. there's there's a few good ones I like. So like there's Root and Toot and Frank Newton. There's obviously the classics, oh, you know. Yeah, yeah. There's the classics like Marvelous Marvin Hagler, Macho Camacho, The Body Snatcher, Lights Out, Smoking Joe. Even the Jackal was a good one for Frampton, wasn't it? It worked, I think. Um, yeah, but, for Frampton. Did you ever hear of, uh, I think he's deceased now, but uh, Michael, the Midnight Stalker Walker. Did you ever hear of him? No, but that's a cracker. Hurt, <laughs> oh, the Midnight Stalker Walker. The Stalker Walker, wow, I'm going to say that. That's I think there was a serial killer in, uh, in America called the Midnight Stalker. So they said, hey, Michael Walker, we're going to call you this. I think Andy Lee, Andy Lee fought him, I think, a few years back. I'm near brilliant. the start of his career. When he gets an RJ of his biscuit. Biscuit. <laughs> because when he came over as an amateur, the, the spar me, I think it was before the Baluda fight, um, I busted his rib. <laughs> so he gets called biscuit ribs. Biscuit ribs. Like wheat picks ribs for Paddy Barnes. I've seen that uh, one. So, but he, in fairness to him, in fairness to him, he was biscuit, but he's toughened up and even in the body spar now there, he, he done well one day when we're all, it was all everyone was like body sparring each other one one of the days and he came in and he's like I'm not biscuit no more he's like yeah fuck the way he's up and it was, it was burning so um, he doesn't he doesn't own biscuit anymore but it's still good to call him because he because he reacts <laughs>
Michael, your dad's just home from uh, coaching or uh, from working with the Commonwealth Games team, Northern Ireland's most successful team ever. Five gold medals, silver and a bronze. Um, I enjoyed watching them. There's, there's some great fighters there. Obviously, we, we can talk through a few of them. What a year for Amy Broadhurst, world champion, Commonwealth Games champion. But I want you to decode two of the boxers on the team, Dylan Eagleson and Aidan Walsh. What is it they do and how do they do it? When I watch Eagleson, it's like I'm looking at, at, at a younger version of myself. I feel, swear to God, he does, does so much things to do. But also with a touch of Sean McComb in there, that little southpaw, hands down, kind of shoulder roll and stuff. Sean used to do that. I think they're just smart fighters. Um, I think if you're going to fight Ian Walsh, um, just, just don't bother because you can't hit him. <laughs> you can't hit him. Uh, and Nick Eden has always been that like that even from a kid I remember like when I used to go to the 40 family in Shamble Party when I was making weight um, when I was making weight I used to go to parties and I used to like body spar loads of the kids and even then and he was only young you could barely hit him so he's kind of he's got that down to the tee and if he just sticks to that you know he he'll never he, he, he could beat everybody in the in the amateur boxing it wouldn't work as a pro, obviously, but you know it's not it's not look, sporty then. You look at his contemporaries in and around the kind of welterweight division from the last couple of years. Like they've all gone pro. Like there's Paddy Donovan in your in your stable. There's Kira Malloy over in the yeah. states. There's Callum Walsh. They were all sniffing around at welterweight. They're all kind of very young professionals now. You know, a couple of fights into their careers, yeah. and Aiden Walsh has got the Olympic vest. Um, I can see why they all kind of said, "Right, I'm out of here." Over three rounds, you're not going to beat that guy. No way. No way, he's he is. He's not easy. He's not the easiest on the eye, but it doesn't need to be because he's winning, and that's all that matters really. And especially in amateur boxing, if you can win, it doesn't no matter how you look. No, he's like he's like a a young white version of uh, Julio Julio La Cruz, the Cuban. Yeah, that was my shout the other day. I, I called that one on Twitter because he, he goes around he's, with the hands down by his side, yeah. hands down, and you can't hit him with a hand full of right. He's just. He's a neighbor. And like every time I discuss him, I feel like I'm I feel like I'm kind of like nearly criticizing him because you kind of have to say, oh, his style maybe is not that easy on the eye, but he's incredible. Like he's 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 brilliant. And when he's winning, I guess when he when he's winning for Ireland or whatever, you're kind of like, go ahead, do whatever yeah. it is you do, you know, commit that's, your that's exactly it. And it's sorcery. And I, like. I agree with you. The same thing, you know, I me senator, I said exactly no, it's not the easiest on the eye, but it gets the job done. And that's the truth. Um People, especially me being in professional box, now I understand where people go. Oh, I want to see this. I want to see that. I want to see this. But that, that that shit does not matter in amateur boxing. If you can win, you win by any means necessary. And if that means I'm not going to let you hit me, and I don't care how it looks, but I'm not let I'm not going to let you hit me. I'm just going to hit you and move, hit you and move, and I'll do it after three rounds. And if I win, aha, simple yeah. as that. Aha, exactly. Yeah, he seems. He seems pleased. Like, and I, you know, Pat McCormick moving across to the professionals, he looks like he's got a great chance of, you know, going to Paris 2024 and, and moving on as well. Hopefully injury uh, can, you know, leave him alone because I believe there's hand trouble there and stuff like that as well. Eagleton, you're calling it like yourself, Sean McComb. I saw a bit of John John Evan in him the other day as yeah, well. Like, yeah, he's, he's like a, he put them all, put them all in pot and just mix them around and pull him out. Um, he does not feel like a he does not fight like a suckling. Like his, like his, uh, he's got the swagger. He's got the swagger, though. 
it does. He has that. I know he's from the north, but he has that dub, that dub in him. I said, I said exactly that to Kelly Harrington there today. I said he's got that Dublin swagger. I know he's from, you know, I know he's from the north, uh, Belfast, Bangor, and stuff. But mate, he's got the Dublin he's swagger. Or he's the cockiest kid I've ever seen in an Irish face. Is he like that in real life, or is it just in the ring turns into a different animal? I, it's quiet enough, but I, obviously I'm not around him, so I don't really know. But and if he's been around me, he's been quiet enough. But um, I I know like Kurt Kurt still has like the thing from saying I would say what all got to watch their spars on. So like when Sparm was coming in, they would have had this like app kind of thing, and the spars would on the app, so you could just go on and watch them. So he still has that app, and all the spars are coming over. So all the boys from Team GB and all who were spawn for that camp there. Kurt was watching their spars and watching El Eagleson. I said, even in spawn, he was like laughing doing all this here. And all. Like, he like yeah. messed him about in spawn. So I would say he's like that. Oh, I'd say he's like, yeah. he, just, he just doesn't care. Look, so he does, he definitely does that, have that big Dublin attitude. Yeah, the Dublin attitude. Yeah, I heard Tommy McCarthy describe it once, the difference between Dublin and Belfast people and it's basically just cockiness or something like that. But okay. It's been some year for Irish boxing, obviously. Um, the departure of Bernard Dunn, some people thought it was going to affect them, but we've seen like Gabriel Dossin win his European gold, Eagleson won yeah. silver, Lisa O'Rourke world champion, Amy Broadhurst world champion, and then the success at the Commonwealth Games as well. It's been an interesting and successful year for them. Yeah, it's been, it's been amazing. And, you know, Gabriel went winning that European gold, you know, I think it's the person's quickly at middleweight, is it? Uh, I'd say so, yeah. Top of the head, I'd say, yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Michael O'Reilly, did he what did he win? Did he win European game silver, was it? Silver, I think, or yeah. um we're always strong in the middleweight division, you know? Always strong. Um maybe not the top of the hill in terms of, you know, the the the, the strongest, but definitely always in contention and I think that's back with Gabriel. I called him when he was young, I says I think he's he's the goods and you know better messing about a bit of immaturity you know, was kind of delayed him from being there sooner. But you know, I think now he's starting to grow up and, and kind of you can see the man strength and everything coming in and you know I, I'm excited to see his journey towards towards uh Paris. Um the girls like it's mad how strong Irish men's boxing team was a few years ago. Now, that's the women. It's amazing. Like Amy Broadhurst, when she turns pro, she's going to be like gold dust, man. She's young. She's strong. She's smart. Um, she speaks well. She's a good, good fighter. Um, and, and has been. It's not like she's just appeared on the scene. Amy Broadhurst has been a, a good fighter since she started fighting, you know what I mean? So, you know, she's won so much stuff. Uh and now I finally got her world gold. And, you know, it's it's been amazing. The Rock sisters are, are flying. You know, it's 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 burning that the women's boxing is flying, Irish boxing in general is flying. And now just after the Commonwealth just showed how strong, you know, it is. And and you know, that's one thing I actually give my dad credit for. Like you can even see the effects of his, you know, even his own kind of circuit up here with with the boxers in the north feeding into the south and how strong it's making making them down there. And it always has been like that. If you look at even from me and Patty and, uh, and Sean and stuff and Tommy and stuff, it's all fed through. 
I saw, I read a recent uh, column from Carl Frampton. He said that uh, he felt like he said he was always proud to represent Ireland um, and fight for the country and, you know, win national championships and stuff like that. But he also said um, he felt like boxers from the north didn't get a fair shake. They'd always start off fights in the south or in Dublin, two or three points down. And uh, obviously Frampton and yourself fought at a, success, at a period, and I suppose every period is really a period mm-hmm. when boxers from the north are successful. But would you agree with his statements or do you feel like, I don't know. Well, anyway, I don't know if I agree with it because I can't necessarily say it happened to me. But at the same time, I think it was it's more of a perception of, of people from the north and what they have because they have to go to Dublin to fight and the, and the all Irelands are in Dublin and you know if some some decisions are close and they don't go the way they think they should go, um, it could be deemed unfair. But I don't I don't know. I think I think it's it could just be an old you know, thought process of people it probably was like that back in the day, it probably was. But with me and my own personal experience, I can't say it was. I can't say it was, no. It would be great if they could bring, a, you know, every 10 years or every, you know, every whatever to bring the national championships on the road, have them in Galway one year, Cork the next, Belfast the next, and then, and then they'd maybe do five in a row in Dublin and then start it again. Or, you know, do it every every four be, years. I think, it, but. I think that would be that would be good good for them. But at the same time, we have a national boxing stadium for a reason. Mm. You know what I mean? And yeah, the fight there. Even even when I was senior and stuff, it was always a privilege. You know, when you got to fight in the national arena, you know, in front of you know your home fans, you come out to support. It's always class. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just be, we're we're nearly at the end here, Mick, and I appreciate it. Yeah, Lewis Crocker has joined your camp there over in Adam yeah. Boots. Uh, how's he getting on? He's going really well. Um, unfortunately, he picked up a, a rib injury in the last spar himself, um, and he was flying even in that spar. It was just it was one of them weird fucking punches. It was like he was dominating the whole thing and just get touched, and he was like, "Oh, I'm all right." Um, and then after, kind of, it was a little bit of the cartilage of the rib was kind of affected, so. It kind of put him out of the show, but you know he's he's going really well. I think like he's he's explained it. He's like he's learning boxing again, and I know the feeling. I know I know exactly what he feels. But I feel I feel that this style and training with Booth is going to bring this kid on so much more. I don't think he's I don't think he much has changed of Lewis since he was an amateur. I think he's the same kind of fighter as what he was. I think he, he he's kind of just got away with things being, you know, being tough, being punching hard and you know, having natural ability. So I think, you know, when he comes out in his next fight and you see like you see him you go, fuck, he does look different. Mm. And I think his style and everything you'll see. Booth thinks that he has that David Hay type power. Like he says, Wow, this like Zab always says he can punch and stuff and like you hear people saying he can punch and all this here, but you don't actually know because you have to hit him. But he says that even hitting them on the pads, holding the pads for them, is hard. He hits really, really hard. He's like he's 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 sold on one hundred percent sold on him. And you know Adam Adam is not a not an easy person. Yeah, the kind of well, like at your most recent fight there in Belfast, you know, Adam was reunited with Andy Lee was there, Ryan Burnett was there. So like two Irish boxers, he's guided to world titles. You're obviously in the ring on the comeback trail looking towards, you know, making it a hat-trick for Adam Booth. 
And he's got obviously his next two as well there, Walker and uh, Walker and sorry, Crocker. Uh, Crocker. Yeah. So who knows? Like, and like, like what's what's Crocker's ceiling there? Like, because you, you see welterweight like Virgil Ortiz, yeah. Roots Ennis, you know, they're the top contenders be, below the likes of, you know, Errol Spence and Terrence Crawford. Like the, those contenders will never fight the, the guys at yeah. the top. I don't think they'll, they'll wait yeah. for them to move on. But can Crocker slip into that next, you know, line of like the top five, six contenders? I, Is I, he the best I in Britain, so. Europe? Or? I think, I, I definitely think so. I think that, you know, we have to see how he develops and how 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 he takes the state and how it plays out over the next while. Um, I think it will be unfair to say how high a ceiling goes or how low how low a ceiling is on the other hand for for at the minute because we don't know yet. Um, we need to see him in action. But I know that you know, European, I think it was British title, sorry, British title final limited was caught with Chris Congo, who's pulled out of that. And you know we're waiting to see what is next and what's the next option for Lewis. But I definitely think he'll become British champion. Uh, I think he beats that Echo Echo man right now. Um, you know I, I would I would happily you know, take a take that fight for him. And I've seen him I've seen him sparring the likes of Josh Kelly, Abbas Burrell, um and these guys in our gym. That's one I'd like to watch. I'd like to watch the spar with him and Josh Kelly for sure. And yeah, that'll take him on. Yeah, that'll take him on a lot. This this is the thing. So in the gym around his weight it's fucking fantastic because you have Harlem Bank who's a late welterweight you have Josh Kelly who's a late late medal now uh, and Abbas Burrell who's a late medal um, three completely different styles now, Abbas is aggressive you, you probably have seen Abbas and heard Abbas from the amateurs yeah, no, yeah I remember Stephen yeah. Donnelly and stuff from the amateurs and he, he, I think he was very unlucky against Jack Kokai and the pros you know what I mean he fought Jack Kokai uh, recent enough there and I thought he was it was in Germany um, he's German himself um, yeah he was boxing for Eddie Bulger's German team yeah yeah one yeah. European gold is so he's a real good fighter and I mean I've seen him destroy boys in that gym so you've got him and then you've got Josh who again you couldn't really hit him with a handful of race so you know it's 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 a great mixture of stays very very talented all, all very talented and the great sparring for each other. So I think with Lewis being based here, he's never had that competitive sparring. It's never been that high of a level of competitive yeah. sparring. So I think it can only make him better. Yeah, absolutely. It's not quite sink or swim, but it should. He'll improve for sure. You know what I mean? Even if it's yeah. hard going for a while, he'll improve. Michael, before we go, I want to ask you on a couple of fights that are coming up next couple of weeks. Uh, Joshua Usyk 2, the rematch. Usyk points. Usyk points. I can't. I can see Joshua winning by knockout, one hundred percent. He's he's a strong dude. He's a heavyweight. Anything can happen in heavyweight boxing. But I called. I, I I've been calling Usyk Joshua for the last load of years, but way yeah. before it was even it was anywhere near him. When, when he was a cru- when he was a cruiserweight, yeah. I've seen it. He beats him, and I remember sitting with. I sat with Usyk uh, when Joshua fought Ruiz. Yeah, I sat with him at the weigh-in. I sat beside him. We were talking away anyway. Because we know each other from the amateurs and stuff, and he was talking about the Keaton decision and how he was fucked over against Russia before and all this year, and and then I says, "You're here for this, yeah?" And he says, "Yeah, this is my. I want to fight Joshua. I'm going to fight Joshua." I says, "Oh, good." And then I, I seen him after. He's like, "He fucked it. He fucked it. He, he was disgusted." Me. I mean, one of the angriest I've ever seen him. I've never really seen him angry. 
But he was angry. He was like, fuck. Because that's his belly. He was going, that's my money fake gone. You know what I mean? But now, nah, and then he got it and he, he got the belts. And, you know, I, I said, I, I said, when I said, Sam says, you beat him. You beat him right now. You beat him easy. And he goes, I know. It was just so calm, so cool. Um, so, yeah, I think he beats him again, 100%. I admire Joshua for going back for the rematch, but in a way, I don't. I think it's I think it's silly. I think he should have gone off, picked up a few, had a few of the kind of fights at the level that Derek Chisora is fighting at, and even yeah. beat Derek Chisora. You know, you make a load of money, you'll get a like a kind of you'll get a win on the record, and you'll get a yeah. bit of blood up, bit of blood on the knuckles, you know, in the nostrils, yeah. and then go back and fight Usyk. You know, try a few things out, go back to your marauding, rampaging style, and then take on Usyk in the rematch. But you know, he likes to go straight back into them sees himself, you know, it's champion mindset. And in fairness, I got to take the hat off to him in some ways, but I don't necessarily respect his business sense. I, I think from nah. a business point of view, he's going to lose again. Um, and then where does he go? But he's, he's Anthony Joshua. He's such a big name that he can probably lose again and put it down to, oh, well, that's Usyk. And then go on and still have a big money fight back in Britain. So, yeah, I think so. To be honest, I think he's half checking it anyway. I think he's he's on the verge of this going. I've earned enough money now. See you later. I'm a manager. Bye. And then just going. I wouldn't be surprised if that happens. Um, the Fury fight is always going to be there for him, really, isn't it? So yeah, he could probably go back. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, do you want that fight? You know what I mean? That's Usyk the sort of fight that's definitely going to be two or three cancellations before it takes place. Just yeah. very messing with him and all sorts of stuff, just trying to piss him off, annoy him, bring it down the road, really like exert control the way Klitschko, the way Klitschko did, Fury's trying to do it, Joshua's trying to do it, exert control yeah. over your opponents, tell them where they've got to be, when they've got to be there, piss them off, then cancel and then reschedule and just make them go along with you until they're too tired and emotional to put up a fight yeah. and knock them down then. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what I see happening anyway. And Eubank. Eubank? I don't know why people keep going on with this. Right, so Chris Eubank has fought a super middleweight. But Chris Eubank actually makes middleweight very, very easy. People are going about this like thing. So it's three pounds. He makes middleweight piss easy. He doesn't do no water load shit or anything like that. He just, he's close to the weight. He's, he walks around close to the weight. He puts eight pounds on after making middleweight. So he sits probably 168. You know what I mean? He's not he's not big. Um but he's too big for Ben. I think Ben's Ben's small enough at 147. Strong, powerful, yes. But Chris Shebank's a tough man. He doesn't take like he can he can take big shots. And he uh, even at that, he's his defensive style has has come on an awful lot over the last few years. And working with uh Roy Jones has helped him in that sense. But, like, he's a big guy. He punches solid enough. We've seen Ben down with lesser dudes. You know what I mean? Um, I'll be Chris is getting older, yes. But I don't think he has, like, loads of mileage on the, on the clock. I think he's just too big and will be – actually, I think he's, I think he's uh, a better boxer, but more skilled. Yeah, I can't see a guy who beat, I know he was faded and at the end of his career, but I can't see a guy who beat James DeGale a couple of years ago losing to uh, nah. Nigel, Nigel Ben Jr., Conor Ben. I, can't, no. I just can't see it happening. It'll be a big fight. It'll be a massive event, I'm sure. Um, 
but I can't see, yeah, I can probably see you back winning it as well. I'm sure there's, there'll be people out there who back Ben and see him as the younger, more determined, hungrier guy going in, just going to cut right through him, but I'm not so sure. I'd probably go out there and say Eubank stops him. I think Eubank can stop him. And because if, if he brings that, yeah, he, much lesser guys that they're, and remember he fought that like journeyman tape dude and get had like the phone was up and down, get dropped a few times. The French guy, the kickboxer, yeah, yeah. yes, Robert, so, like, Robert, that was that was I, but like he's nothing compared to Eubank, although he hasn't been hit as clean by anybody since. Everybody he's kind of fought in recent times. Listen, he's getting rid of them, so you gotta give him that respect, and he's doing it in great fashion. But at the same time, they've all been over the hill. And they've all had lots of maids in the clock. I think we ha- we haven't seen the intense, the intense Eubank, the one who fought like Spike O'Sullivan, Nick Blackwell, that intense, damaging yeah. dude. We haven't really seen that guy in the last couple of years. Like you say, he's been putting on a different style, working with Roy Jones Jr. But it's not quite as punishing. Now I know he knocked down Liam Williams yeah. a few times, but he completely took his foot off the gas. So yeah. Maybe, maybe there's a sneaking regard there for. Eubank being a little bit over the hill, a little bit comfortable. Uh, you, maybe you could say that, but at the same time, I think I feel like this will bring a, a mm. vicious side of him. I'd have thought so, yeah. I'd have thought mm. so. Right, Canelo, Triple G, before we go. The third one. I'm going to say Canelo, just because of age. Yeah, Canelo. Canelo, I think he's an unbelievable fighter. Um, now, don't get me wrong, I don't think he won the first fight against Triple G. I think the second fight was close, could have went either way. Um, but I think the third fight, he he does him well, you know. He probably nah, I'm not gonna say he stopped him because he's a tough man. But he could he could do him late. So I I'm gonna say it on 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 I'll go Canelo points. Canelo points. Right, well good stuff. Uh Michael Conlon. It was Michael Conlon points in your last fight against Mariaga. Congratulations on the comeback. And I look forward to seeing your next date uh, in the ring. December, you say? December. December. Mike Conlon, thank you very much for joining us on the Rocky Road today and uh, speak to you again soon. Cheers, Cheers, Holiday. All the best, man.